Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to another edition of Wiffle's Press Box Podcast. I'm Gary Wiffle, and as usual, I'm joined by the inevitable Jerry Tapper. Well, I've never heard that word used in the same sentence as my name. I was trying to do my best Howard Cassell imitation. <laughs> I, I must say it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. <laughs> so should we uh, start over with this podcast right away? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. We're going to touch on the NFL today, uh, primarily the Green Bay Packers draft, and then also we're going to touch briefly on the drafts of the Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, and Detroit Lions, and... I've been following Green Bay Packer drafts for a long time, and you have as well. And if I was to describe the Packers draft in one word, it would be what? I think it was surprising in some respects. Okay, I like that. And I'll say mine was exceptional. I think it's going to go down as one of the best Packer drafts ever. Ryan Gutekunst comes in in his first draft, and I thought he absolutely nailed it. He addressed almost every need that they have in this team. I mean, it's impossible for any NFL team to hit on every pick and fill every need. But I thought he just did an exceptional job in his debut draft. Now, you use the term surprising. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I guess, first of all, if I was to give a grade. Professor Tapp here. um, We'll see if I wanted to be in your class or not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a pretty hard grader. (laughs) Okay. I think most of the experts that I read when they would grade the Packer draft. I saw A's to B pluses. I didn't see anybody that had a grade for the Packers anything lower than a B. So I think the experts of which you and I are not. Now no, speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. The experts of, of which I am not. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think gave the Packers a really good grade. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing I would say is that the reason I said surprising is because there were, I think, three or four different things that people talked about. Number one, they talked about the fact that they traded back. That was a topic of conversation. Although they took a couple of cornerbacks, they didn't really address the outside rusher issue. Mm-hmm. And then they also talked a lot about three big wide receivers. But I think the biggest conversation I saw on some of the Packer fan sites was why in the heck did they select a punter and why did they choose a long snapper? So I think those were the things that made it surprising for me. Yeah, you know, just backpedaling to uh, Brian Gutekunst a little bit, the Packers and Packer Nation have been incredibly fortunate to have had outstanding GMs, you know, for a long time now, starting with Ron Wolf. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ron Wolf comes in, and I remember talking to Ron Wolf. I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but when he worked for the New York Jets, and I had a couple conversations. I did a a story on him saying that he wanted to become the Packers GM for the Racine Journal Times. Really? And we talked for about 20, 30 minutes on the phone. And if anybody's ever talked to Ron Wolf, this guy loves to talk. (laughs) And and he's very candid so far. So I was thinking, like, God, you know, this guy's going to be perfect for the Packers. He obviously worked under Al Davis. He's just very knowledgeable about football. Yeah. 
So he comes in, and, and the first thing he does is he trades his first-round pick for some backup quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going, are you absolutely crazy? Is this the guy <laughs> I was talking to on the phone you know, and got all these good vibes about? Yeah. And then, you know, the other day when the draft was held, I, I was at the Bucks playoff game at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, and it comes across that the Packers, who were in the 14th spot, had traded back. Yeah. And, of course, I, being like the typical fan, had a knee-jerk reaction, and I tweeted out, you know, I bet Aaron Rodgers is really happy about this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, okay, I like Gutekunst a lot. I I loved what he did in free agency, getting Wilkerson. Graham. And Graham, and I thought those are just two really top-notch pickups. Yeah. And I was so impressed. And he comes in along and does this. Right. And I'm like, wait a second. You can't get a good player late in the first round. I mean, you can, but the odds are against you. Yeah. So, of course, you know, a short time later, comes across that the Packers traded up again (laughs) to the 18th spot. Right. Then on top of it, they landed a future first-round pick from the New Orleans Saints. And first-round picks, you know, they're gold. Absolutely. Anytime you can get a first-round pick, it's gold. So all of a sudden I'm going like, yeah, I really like this guy. <laughs> but I, to be honest with you, I thought that was one of the greatest moves in, in Packer draft history. You, know, you can talk about the fire trade. Of course, that's got to go down as the best. Right. But this was exceptional. They knew they wanted Alexander uh, right. with their first pick as a cornerback. And they moved back four spots. They got Alexander. Right. And they got a first-round pick for next year. I thought just a stroke of genius. Yeah, it was pretty come. solid. Yeah, but I think, to your point, I think a lot of other Packer fans thought the same thing because I had a friend of mine who called me that night right after the trade was made, you know, and they moved back in the draft. And you would have thought that he had lost a relative because... (laughs) Like every Packer fan. Yeah, Yeah. because he couldn't... What are they doing? And, oh, this... We have needs, and there's so many good outside rushers that are on the board. You know, we had this guy, and he starts naming off these people. And the only response I could give my friend was to say, it's early. You just have to wait. Wow. The voice of reason. Well, I don't know about that. But if they're getting a number one draft choice, Mm -hmm. a first rounder from New Orleans, that's saying an awful lot. So I think in the long run, I had to tell my friend, it's why you're sitting at home (laughs) and the Packers are in the draft room and they're making decisions like that. They know what they're looking for. Now, the key is... What's this going to look like five years from now? Absolutely. Are we going to be sitting here five years from now thinking, you know, what boy, they, they should have addressed the uh, needs that they had with, for an outside rusher or a linebacker or whatever back in 2018, and they didn't. They went and made a, a stupid trade. Who knows if that's what we'll be talking about. Right, but right. But as of a couple of weeks after the trade, it sure certainly looks pretty good. Well, it was interesting. The uh, night before the draft, Mike Mayock of the NFL Network did his mock draft, and, and I consider him the best in the business. And mm-hmm. he delivered. He had Alexander going to the Packers, but he didn't have the trade, you know, obviously, but right. he had him taking him at 14. Yeah. And then the next day, I talked to a friend of mine who's an executive for an AFC team, and we were talking about different guys that could be available. Now, I was a big Tremaine Edmonds fan, the mm-hmm. outside linebacker from Virginia Tech. And, and to yeah. be honest with you, I still would have took him. Because I think he's going to be a star. Yeah. I, I, but, you know, it's personal opinion. And like you said, these guys know a heck of a lot more about who's going to be available. Yeah. But Edmonds did go right before the Packers took him. So yeah. they could have took him with 14. So for the record, I was for Edmonds <laughs> five <Yeah>. years from now. <laughs> it's really easy for the Packers front office to say, 
we got the player that we sure, wanted. Sure, sure. You know, that's going to be what is going to be the uh, corporate message is that we got who we wanted. All the other peripheral stuff, the trade and where we got them from, to them, I'm sure it's immaterial, other than the fact that they did pick up a first rounder for next year. You know, with Alexander, too, when I was talking to this uh, AFC executive, I said last night they were going to take Alexander. And he goes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's the next best DB on the board after Denzel Ward from Ohio State, who went really early. And then I heard some other people that I respect say that they think Alexander could be every bit as good as Ward, maybe even better. You know, the few clips I saw, this guy is unbelievable. And then Mm -hmm. talking to this executive again, he says to me, he goes, the guy's got it. He said he's physical. He might be a little short, inch or two short, but he says he is just all over you. He's physical and he's fast. And he said that he had them ranked higher than 14 on, his, on their team board. Yeah. So from that standpoint, the Packers came away looking really good. And then on top of it, in the second round, they go out and get Josh Jackson from Iowa, right. who a lot of people thought, at least from a fan perspective, they should have taken with the first pick. Going into the draft, people were saying, oh, take Josh Jackson. It's funny that you mention that, too, because I read a blog the day after the draft was over. And whoever wrote the article said that Jackson and Alexander were, were in the top three. So for the Packers to walk away with two of the three top cornerbacks, that's saying a lot. And, and the thing that you, know, you don't want to miss also with Alexander is the guy's pretty good in terms of returning punts. Good, good so point. if there is a an extra value here, you know, let's wait and see what happens. But it could be a big two for one with him in terms of his work as a cornerback and as a punt returner. Yeah, and the other thing I like to not only did it fill a need for the Packers. I mean, they, it was obvious they needed help in their secondary based on last year, yeah, losing Randall to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's very apparent. But what I really liked about it is, as you well know, this is a passing game today. Right. The NFL is just you know pass happy. And if you look at the NFC North, of which the Packers are a member, you take Chicago, Trubisky, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's going to be their franchise guy. That's the guy they're going to use. And you know they expended a high draft pick on him, so yep. they're going to be throwing the ball. Absolutely. Minnesota spent a lot of money on Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know they're not going to be running the ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you go to Detroit, and you got Stafford, who's one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL already. To me, Gutekunz and the Packer Brass did it the right way. They're concerned about shutting down the opposing team's passing game. And they got two guys that I think from day one are going to come in and play significant minutes, maybe even start, you know? Yeah. So, and, I, um, and I think it's not only in the NFC North that it's a passing game, but it's throughout the whole league. Absolutely. I mean, no question. look at, you know, Barkley was the second pick of the Giants, the running back. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe the Giants are going to be more focused on their running game, and there maybe are a couple other teams, but I would be willing to bet that 80% of the teams in the NFL are focused on pass first, and so addressing the cornerback issue was the perfect thing to do because that's what you're going to go up against on almost every week. You know, so we're, we're talking about the first two picks, and then... In the third round, they took, you know, linebacker Oren Burks from Vanderbilt. And, you know, I can safely say we know one thing about this guy. He's smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if he can play a lick, but he is smart if you go to Vanderbilt. Well, here's an interesting thing, too, of of the stuff I read about him. This is a guy that started his career in college as a safety. Right. You know, so, again, you're talking about 
somebody who's got the makeup, you know, he, he may be kind of that hybrid player. Obviously, he they drafted him as a linebacker, but again, he's probably got the skill set. He's probably got the mindset of somebody who is sitting in the um, backfield of the defense scoping what's going on. So Hey, he's got a feel. Yeah, it was kind of surprising because they got Blake Martinez and Ryan and I thought they were solid inside linebackers. So yeah. apparently they're in the in the scuttlebutt is Brooks is going to play inside. So I was a little surprised by that pick. But again, I'm but sure. I, you know what, Gary? I think it's all based on depth. I think we saw it, and it, it happens to almost every team, is that you have to have depth because injuries are going to happen. Those three picks were solid. And then, you know, I think Jamon Moore, the wide receiver they took in the fourth round, I think he's got a chance to come in and be like their fourth, maybe even their third wide receiver. Yeah. So, I mean, you go Alexander, Jackson, Burks, Moore. I like those picks. And then one of my biggest concerns going into the draft from a Packers standpoint was their right offensive line. And then they kind of addressed that by taking Cole Madison in the fourth round. And the Packers have had success with their offensive linemen that they've drafted, like in the third, fourth, fifth round. Yeah. I think he's got a chance to come in and possibly start, you know, right off the bat. And the things you read about him, too, is that he's got a big upside, which is as a pass blocker. Yeah. So, again, if you, if you figure Aaron Rodgers is going to throw 40 to 50 passes, or, you know, or maybe 30 to 40 <laughs> passes a, a game, you better have somebody that can protect him. And if this guy's a good pass blocker, he'll probably find a way to get on the field. So we got Alexander, Jackson, Brooks, Moore, Madison, we got five guys that I think can come in and, and contribute right off the bat. Then they go and they take a punter. And I go, that's brilliant again. I mean, they got all these extra picks. They got who many people consider the best college punter available, J.K. Scott from Alabama. And you know he's probably going to win the starting punting spot. He probably will since they released their punter from right. last year. Right, Yeah, Vogel. No doubt. So, I mean, now we're talking six guys, right? And then you talk about Marquise uh, Valdez-Scantling, who is their next pick wide receiver in the fifth round. And I got a feeling he's going to make the roster as maybe their fourth, fifth receiver. And I'm just like, man, this is unbelievable. Then I keep going down the line, and you see they take a long snapper. Now, people scoff at a long snapper and say, why would you waste a pick? Well, the Packers had a bunch of picks that they could use. I mean, they they had the luxury of taking some gambles. They had the luxury of filling some holes. And that's all I heard from people in the Packer organization last year. Not that it was a major need, was that how they needed a good long snapper. Well, they had they went through three of them last year. Right. So just having somebody who can focus, and that be their only part of, of their job, and it's a young player, apparently he's got quite a reputation. And the other interesting thing about him, here's a guy who was a tight end in high school. So... Who knows? Maybe he'll see some action as a, uh, a blocking, <laughs> bring the, bring a blocking in, tight end, you know, on a goal line stance. Again, I, I said this at the outset of the podcast. I, I thought this was an exceptional draft. I mean, it's easy to be optimistic or pessimistic, you know, at this point, and, and everything's yeah. going to happen in the next three, four, five years, and, and we'll see how good it is. But on the surface, I was just blown away by what Gutekunst uh, achieved you know on draft Gary, day. You didn't even talk about the wide receiver from Notre Dame. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his first name, 
but St. Brown from Notre Dame. Right, right. Who, who, he, he thought the Greek freak. <laughs> yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo was stuff for headline <laughs> yeah. writers uh, of newspapers. Wait till they try to sweep this, his first it, name. Quantumius? Yeah, that's, that's a good shot. Yeah. I've read a few things that he may be the best of the three that they drafted. Now, who knows, uh, but he's also going to benefit from the fact that Deshaun Kaiser, who's now the Packers' backup quarterback, was his QB at Notre Dame. Good so, call. you know, maybe they developed some kind of rapport, and we'll probably see a lot of those two in the preseason. Overall, I, I really liked what they did. And, you know, you look at the NFC North, I thought they had the best draft by far of the four teams. The Bears go out and got uh, Roquan Smith, linebacker from Georgia, and, and that, that was a good pick. I mean, everybody had him as a top 10 type player, and I'm sure he's going to be an impact player. And, and then, of course, we were talking about Trubisky. They, in the second round, one of their picks was Anthony Miller, wide receiver, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously they wanted to, you know, give Trubisky, you know, some help. Right. So those picks are solid. Any thoughts on the Bears? You know, they're a young team, and I think they're probably just trying to load up with as many playmakers and people that can get in there and get on the field quickly, early in their careers. And I think that's probably with their first two picks is probably what you're going to see, guys. They're going to start right away and perform. Yeah, you know what? The Vikings have had the best defense in the NFC North, and uh, their their first pick, I think, just is going to solidify that going forward. Yeah, Uh, they got Mike Hughes, cornerback. He fills a need. He's going to come in and play major minutes right away. So to pick at the very end of the uh, first round, pick up him, and then uh, you look at the Lions. And to me, the Lions got a lot of holes. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a team that could have had four or five first-round picks, and it still wouldn't have been enough. <laughs> but they took uh, Ragno, the center from Arkansas, who was coached by Mr. Brett B., the former University of Wisconsin coach. Oh. But everybody was raving about him. He was uh, clearly one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. And Not a sexy pick, but a pick that was probably important to fill a need, which is to get somebody of that quality on their offense. They also took a running back, uh, Johnson, in the second round mm-hmm. from Auburn. And I've been saying this for years. I mean, Stafford needs some help. You know, I mean, he, he can't carry the load. As good as he yeah. is, you know, they, they needed a running back. So It's pretty rare for the Lions to have a running back that gains uh, five or 600 yards over the course of a year because they're throwing 50 times during the season, or per game during the season, so... Where have you gone, Barry Sanders? <laughs> um, I know. Well, he's doing commercials now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, any other thoughts uh, before we call it a wrap on uh, I, this I podcast? Think if, if anyone is listening to this podcast and they want to read a wonderful article about taking a punter in the draft, go to Wolfel's Press Box. There will be a wonderful article about 12 things you did know about punters in the NFL draft. So in other words, I should start working on it right after we're done with this podcast. <laughs> no, it's our, it should be in your mailbox. Oh, no. Yeah. By Jerry Tapp? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so something to look forward to in the uh, next couple you, days. And I can tell you, as a teaser, what NFL team do you think has drafted the most punters in the course of the league? You think you could stump me on this? <laughs> I know who it is. It's only one team that believes in special teams. There you go. Outside of the Patriots. Yeah. Your <laughs> uh, Green Bay Packers. There you so. go. Anyways. 13 different punters. How many? 13? 13 in the course of the NFL draft. There you go. And who do you think was the best punter they ever drafted in terms of somebody that stayed in the league? And No clue. Probably Josh Bidwell. 
Yeah, okay. I think he played in 148 games in the NFL. So you're saying don't draft a punter again then? I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> Josh Bidwell. There you go. Well, yeah. I'm sure fans out in California remember him. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but if know, he had four years in Green Bay, and he performed well. There you go. So yeah. good stuff as usual. Uh, thank you, Jerry, for uh, stopping by our posh studios in downtown Racine. I love the studios. <laughs> you got to get a clock that works. Though. That, that would be a helpful thing. Yeah. Yes. What, what's the budget for the studio? All right. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Jerry. And uh, thank you for listening in. And see you next time. Thank you. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and Wuffle's Press Box.com.